Father, we thank you. We pray for a mighty anointing of the Holy Spirit on Sunday's words. Father, I pray that while she's teaching and preaching, that people will be healed in the middle of it. It's going to take place in Jesus' name. And I pray above all things that Jesus will be glorified and Jesus will be lifted up in Jesus' mighty name. Yes, God is good. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, God is good. God is good. Guess what the title of this message is? <laughs> the goodness of God. The goodness of God. When Pastor Tim asked me to teach this week, I always go to God and ask him what he wants me to teach. And, and this is Pastor Tim's foundational bedrock of truth that he continues to review and reinforce and share week after week after week that God is good no matter what we see in the natural we don't base our theology on what we see what we experience we base it on God's word and he is good so what I what I was just uh, really, I believe, moved to teach today was what the Bible says and how the, the Word shows us this truth. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the goodness of God. There are two huge revelations, two pieces of bedrock that are foundational to faith. Lee, you want to turn this down just a teeny bit? I feel like it's kind of loud. There's two foundations. The first one and the most important is that God is love. God is love. It is who he is. The second is that God is good. These two foundations are the bedrock of faith. There are a couple of, 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 of pieces of this truth that I want to share before I go to the word. The first is that God's goodness is inherent. That word means that it's, it's inseparable from God. It is inherent within him. His goodness is part of who he is. Now, in the natural people, that's not always the case. Goodness can literally be separated from them because sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not. Or sometimes they, they exude goodness and other times they don't. But that's not God. God's goodness is part of who he is. The second thing is that it's intrinsic. His goodness is intrinsic. It means it's within him. It is completely a part of his nature. His very nature is good. And the third is that the goodness of God is his standard. There is no changing. His goodness doesn't change. And it's not relative to us. It's not relative to our behavior, our goodness, or our lack of goodness. It's not. It doesn't change. It's not relevant. It is standard. It is consistent. It is unchanging. Psalm 100, verse 5. I'm looking for Bibles. You guys got Bibles with you? If so, open it. Psalm 100, verse 5. I'm going to read a couple scriptures about the goodness of God. And the first one is Psalm 105. <clears throat> And it says, the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. The Lord is good. 
His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. He is good. He is loving. He is faithful. He is good. He is loving. He is faithful. God's word is truth. So every word in here speaks absolute truth, and he is good. Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. When I was meditating on the scripture, I was going back in time to when I first came to know the Lord. And for those of you who know my story, I was um, diagnosed with cancer 13 years ago, stage 4 cancer, and was given 6 to 9 months to live. And at that time, I came to know the Lord. I didn't know him before that. I had a religious relation. I guess that's not, those two words don't go together. I was religious, but I had no relationship. <laughs> and when I was diagnosed with cancer... I started the relationship. I asked him to be my savior. I relinquished control to God. And I just started seeking. It wasn't like this huge, um, you know, holy on my knees 24 hours a day. I just started seeking him. And what happened was I began to taste and see the goodness of the Lord and experience him. I started to, to see him giving me peace when I had so much fear that I couldn't even breathe. All of a sudden, there was a breath of fresh air and a breath of peace. I started to see prayers answered that I, I had never seen. I was 43 when I was diagnosed, and I literally had never seen or experienced God answering my prayers before. I started to see it. I started to taste it. I started to experience his presence. When I was communing with him in prayer or communing with him in praise and worship, I'd never experienced that. So I started to taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Now, this scripture, I kind of have broken it into three parts. The first part is tasting and seeing the goodness of God. And then it says, blessed is the man who trusts in him. So there's this thing about being blessed and this thing about trust. What I saw happen in me is that when I started to taste and see the goodness of God, my trust started to grow. I started to experience his faithfulness. And when I experienced that faithfulness, my trust started to be birthed. You can't trust somebody that you don't know. You can't trust somebody that you don't know is faithful. He was showing me his faithfulness. And in the midst of that, my trust started to to grow in me. And then the result was the third part of the scripture, which was the blessing. The blessing. He started to bless me in so many ways. I'm not going to share now because of time, but one thing after another, after another, I started to experience his blessings. This is another thing. I want to go on, I want to go on right now. This is another thing that Pastor Tim has shared and shared and shared and shared. And I'm going to reinforce it. And that is that... If you want to see the goodness of God, if you want to visually see the goodness of God, look at Jesus. Because Jesus is the visible representation of God. I'm going to go to a couple of scriptures that show you that. Because like I said, I want to base this teaching on God's word. So this is Hebrews 1, verse 3. Go ahead and open your Bibles if you have them. Hebrews 1, 3. 
It's referring to Jesus in the scripture. And I'm reading from the Amplified. It says, he is the sole expression of the glory of God. It's talking about Jesus. The sole expression of the glory of God, the light being, the outraying or radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and the very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. I'm going to stop there. That's halfway through the verse. But this is saying that he is the perfect imprint, the perfect imprint of the very nature of God, the sole expression of the glory of God. In the New Living, the scripture says, The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. So when you look at Jesus in the word, you see a picture of the goodness of God. In Acts 10:38, again, it talks about the goodness of God as seen through Jesus. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So that's what Jesus did. He went about doing good. What did doing good look like? Healing. (laughs) Healing all who were oppressed by the devil. The word oppressed means shattered, broken down, um, uh, crushed by calamity. Whatever that might be in your physical body, in your emotions, in your finances, whatever it is. Any who were oppressed by the devil. He went about healing. He was doing good and healing. The anointing was upon him. The power of God was upon him. The goodness of God was upon him. He was reflecting the nature of God, the goodness of God, and he healed. He healed. Now I have uh, uh, something to chew on. I put this on my Facebook today, so if you're Facebook friends with me, maybe you've already heard this. If there is any concept that you have of God that you cannot substantiate or prove through the life of Jesus, then you better change the way you think. So if, let me say that again. If there's anything, that, any concept, anything that you think about God, but you can't prove it through Jesus, then you need to change your thinking. Because Jesus is the perfect picture of Father God, of the goodness of God. So many of us in this world have very grave misconceptions of God. Look at Jesus. If you can't see that characteristic that you're thinking of God, if you can't see it in Jesus, then it's not right. You want to rethink it. Okay, here's another Pastor Tim piece that he shares with us. If you want to see the goodness of God, go to the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. See what he did. That's a picture of the goodness of God. The word gospel. The word gospel is good news. Good news. If you look it up, because I did, if you look it up, it means, it's also um, uh, translated as glad tidings, good news. And it means news, news, news is information that has happened, right? 
news or information that is accompanied by great joy and pleasure. The gospel is news or information, stuff that's happened in history that is accompanied with great joy and pleasure. Good news. Okay. Pastor Tim, you already said this today. Holy Spirit's working. The gospel, the word of God, carries with it power for that good news to come to pass, to be manifest. The good news, the goodness of God and the good news of the gospel is the foundation for the impossible to happen. So you're here tonight hearing about the good news. You're here hearing about the goodness of God. There is an environment for healing to be manifest in this very place, this very moment, this very time. If you're here with something impossible, we're probably all here with something impossible going on in our lives. God is the one who makes the impossible possible. And that happens through the good news. Through the goodness of God. Now, I'm going to show you that in Scripture right now. You don't need to open your Bibles because I have them written right here. This is so powerful. What I did, there's so many. I could have found many, many more, but I just got a few. Examples of Scripture where there is a direct connection between the preaching of the good news or the gospel and healing. Okay? Here's the first one. Matthew 4, verse 23. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel, that's the good news, of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Good news was being preached. The power inherent in that goodness of God was there. Healings were manifest. Matthew 9.35, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel, the good news, of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Every sickness and every disease. This next scripture is also Jesus, and he's, he's telling his people to go and share this information. This is what he tells them to say. The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. The gospel's being preached, and all that stuff's going on. Okay, the next scripture that I'm going to share moves ahead in the time the time frame of the gospel. This is when Jesus is sending out his apostles. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to cure diseases. Doesn't that sound like healing all who are oppressed of the devil? So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel, the good news, and healing everywhere. So now this, this empowerment, the authority and the empowerment of the anointing that's on Jesus is being commissioned with the apostles. They're taking the good news of the goodness of God, and people are being healed. The next one is, after Jesus has died and resurrected, the new covenant has been established. Jesus is still here. It's before he ascends to heaven, between his death and... And then he was resurrected, but he hasn't yet ascended. And this is the commission. 
He said to them, he said to you, he said to me, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So there goes the good news. And these signs will follow. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Preach the good news. Take the gospel out to the world. And the the last one I have to share is from Romans chapter 15. This is Paul speaking. He says, Yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me, bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I work among them. They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. In this way, I have fully presented the good news of Christ from Jerusalem all the way to Elycrium. So here's Paul saying, okay, I'm out there. Christ is in me. Christ is working through me. And I'm sharing the message. Signs and wonders are following. And the result is that I am fully presenting the good news of Christ. I'm fully presenting the goodness of God. And signs and wonders are part of that goodness of God. Gets better. That goodness of God, that goodness of God can't be separated from his glory. The goodness of God is inseparable from the glory of God, which is his manifest presence. In Exodus 33, this is back when Moses was leading the people. And he was going to Mount Sinai and communing with God and bringing back the message for the people. One time he was talking to God and he asked him a question. He said, please, God, show me your glory. And this is what God said. I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. So Moses asked to see the glory of God, and God says, I will let all my goodness pass before you. The goodness of God is inseparable from the glory of God. The name of God, the names of God, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi, Jesus, all of the names for God carry The goodness of God, the glory of God, the manifest presence of God. When Jesus came and died for us and then commissioned us to go out and to to carry on the mission, he didn't give us that commission without a lot of help. (laughs) We have, we have that Glory, that manifest presence of God, that goodness of God in us. We carry it. Believers carry it. We don't do anything to earn it. We don't do anything to deserve it. But it's in us. And we, it's up to us to release it, to believe it and release it. But it's, it's there. It's part of us. I'm going to prove it with Scripture. Okay, open your Bibles if you have them with you. 
The first one is 2 Corinthians 4, verses 6 and 7. And I'm using the New Living Translation right now. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 and 7. For God, who said, let there be light in darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God. That word know doesn't mean to know it here. It means to perceive it, to experience it. To know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. The scripture says here we are just vessels. And we are these little vessels and we contain this amazing treasure. The glory of God, the goodness of God, the power. And it even goes on and it says, that makes it clear that that great power is from God and not ourselves. The next scripture that I want to share is 2 Thessalonians 2.14. 2 Thessalonians 2.14. He called you to salvation when we told you the good news. There's that good news again. Now you can share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through salvation, you came to know the good news. You came to know the good news. You received salvation with all of its benefits. Forgiveness, eternal life, healing, deliverance, wholeness, wellness. You came to receive salvation. You came to receive the goodness of God. Now you can share in the glory. And that word share literally means to obtain and share. Now you can obtain and share in the glory of God, the manifest presence of God, the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the third scripture is Colossians 1.27. Colossians 1.27. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles. That's, that's, it. that's us. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. The goodness of Christ resides in us. The goodness of God is in us. Before I continue, I just want to just just speak over us right now. Father, I thank you for your word of truth. Your word is truth. You have shown us in your word that you are good. You've shown us through Jesus, the exact representation of God. You've shown us through the gospels, the good news of your word. You've shown that that same goodness, that same glory is in us. God, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. My prayer, Father, is that we buy the truth, that we receive the truth, that we say yes to you and say, yeah, you're in me, God. Your glory, your goodness is here now because you are in each one of us. We carry you in this vessel. God, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. May the the. Oh, the depth 
of your goodness be revealed to us in bigger degrees than we've ever known right now. Right now, God. I ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 I'm going to say a statement that you hear all the time, but I really want you to think about it right now. God is good. All the time. He is good. He is only good. He is always good. He's nothing but good. Amen. Amen. I want to share a lie that says the opposite. And that lie is that God isn't always good and that he does bad things to good people. Or he does bad things to bad people, whatever. It's a lie. There is a lie that many people have bought that literally deny the goodness of God and attribute to God the characteristics of the devil, which is stealing, killing, and destroying. And that's a lie. That's not truth. That's a lie. In John 10.10, the scripture really clearly says, there's like a, a line. And on one side of the line is the enemy. It says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the other side says, Jesus, I came to give life and a life of abundance. Anything that is life-giving and, and overflowing and good is Jesus, is God, is the goodness of God. But anything that is stealing, killing, or destroying is the enemy. But in this world, people embrace, sometimes people embrace sickness or disease as gifts from God. Or it, God gives it to them for some purpose, to teach them something. I'll never forget when I was diagnosed with cancer, my friend, my mentor, the woman who led me to the Lord, this beautiful woman of God, set up a Bible study at my school. For me, mostly for me. And in the middle of this Bible study, the first time we met, this question came up. And, and, and a different person, not, not Jenny, not myself, made this same comment. She said, well, God gives sickness to people to teach them things. That's not the truth. God is good. He is good. He doesn't give bad. He doesn't have bad to give. That's probably one of the first truths that Jenny taught me the day that I was saved. She said, God didn't do this to you. God didn't give you cancer. God doesn't give bad things. That came from the enemy. That's the thief's job description, not God's. That's one of the first things she told me. So this is a deception. This is a lie of the enemy. The enemy has his own purpose, right? His own mission. And it's stealing, killing, and destroying. But I want to just give you a little picture of this. When we're sick, the quality of our life is lessened. And when we have something that's lessening the quality of our life, it can cause people to question the goodness of God. That's what the enemy wants. He hates God. He knows that sickness and disease help him in his war against the goodness of God. So, enough of that yuck. The foundation for us, the foundation for us, to overcome that lie, 
to take that lie and put it under your feet and know that it's a lie and have no doubt but what it's a lie. The foundation is to know the goodness of God, to have that be a bedrock. You may need to get some of those scriptures that I've already shared or others. There's lots of scriptures about the goodness of God and start meditating on them. Start speaking out loud. Start sharing with yourself the truth of God and get it in your heart. That goodness of God needs to be the bedrock of your theology. And your, here's a big one, your first response and your continuous response should be, God, you are good all the time and I celebrate your goodness. God, you are good all the time and I celebrate your goodness. When you go to the doctor and you get a bad report, say, God, you are good all the time, and I celebrate your response in the midst of whatever it is. You're good, God, and I celebrate your goodness. I celebrate your goodness. It doesn't change. The report of the world doesn't change the goodness of God. Pastor Tim has so often said your first response is so critical. Your first response when you go to the doctor and you get that report is so critical. But don't be in condemnation. If you got that bad report and you bought it and you were devastated and you said, oh, my gosh, I have this. Don't be in condemnation. Just change your declaration to this one. God, you are good and I celebrate your goodness. No matter what I see or hear in the natural, no matter what I feel in the natural, you are good and I celebrate your goodness. We're going to celebrate him right now with a scripture. And I'm going, to, I'm going to read a line. I want you to repeat it after me. This is Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. But I'm using a different translation, so you might not be the one you're familiar with. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Yes. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he's done for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. 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 God, you are good. You are good. You are good. Psalm 118.1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithfulness and his love endures forever. So I'm going to share two simple ways to celebrate the goodness of God. The first one is to praise Him. To praise Him for that very thing that you're in need of. Praise Him because that's who He is. If you're in need of healing, praise Him because He's the healer. Use His name. Great Jehovah Rapha, you are the God who heals. If you don't know His Hebrew names, just say, you're the God who heals and I praise you. Praise Him for that very thing that you need. If you are in the midst of, a, of the, the oppression of fear, you need that fear to go. So praise him that he is the God of peace. 
He is the God of strength. So praise Him for that thing that you need and be aggressive with your praise. The depth of your praise needs to be even greater with the depth of your problem. Or the height of your praise needs to be greater with the depth of your problem. Praise Him like crazy. Go in your house, close the door where nobody can hear you, and praise Him like crazy. Praise God in that very area that you have the greatest need. And praise Him continuously. Now, friends, you're not going to feel like praising Him probably. That's why it's called a sacrifice of praise. Go into that place of praise using your will, choosing to to praise Him. And your emotions will usually, not always, but usually your emotions will follow. And you will be built up and edified and, and the fear or the whatever will just melt away. And you will be in that place of, of just immense um, in his presence and in, in that glory and that goodness of God. So that's the first. The second strategy is to share testimonies. And if you don't have your own testimonies, read others. Talk to others. Go to the Bible. There's lots of testimonies in there. Look at testimonies. Share testimonies. And they don't have to be, uh, you know, you don't have to have the end of your story to share a testimony. You might have, you might see God working. Quinn has shared so many pieces of his testimony from the very onset of the, the doctor's diagnosis until the all clear and the healed. He has shared one little piece after another, and it has built us up week after week after week. Share your testimonies. It will build you up in that place of celebrating his goodness in a powerful way. And with that, I'm going to share one testimony as I close, Pastor Tim. This was last week. Many of you know that we went on a, a, a ministry trip to Los Angeles. And um, we did a women's retreat. Kent went with me. He was the only guy there. But we did a women's retreat. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> he did. He did the sound. And, um, and there were several several testimonies in fact i was i was excited at dinner tonight because i was literally got out my phone i had text after text after text after text facebook message email all kinds of of some of them were huge some of them were just little nuggets but every one of them blessed me in such a great degree um uh this was an inner healing conference, but we saw, just like we spoke tonight, when you share the goodness of God, the power of God is inherent in the goodness of God. The manifest presence of God is there. And we started to see um, manifestations of healings. We saw three backs healed. One of them was the pastor's back, and she, she was an amazing woman. And she said, I, you know, I want to pray for backs, but the first one I, we need to pray for is mine. <laughs> because she had had a back issue for a long extended time. And, and immediately, the, the, she was healed. The pain that she had been experiencing for weeks and weeks and weeks was gone. The second one was a woman who had a fractured back and had been, needless to say, in tremendous pain. She was also completely set free of pain. She was healed. The third one was a woman who, it was, um, it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday conference, and it was Friday night, and on Friday night, um, 
uh, there was a word of knowledge about backs, and when I laid my hands on her back, she felt like you felt. She felt immediately the power of God, and she knew that something happened, and and she and the pain left. Well, she since emailed me and said that she had had back issues for 18 years. And for 13 months, she was in constant pain where she couldn't get out of bed by herself. She couldn't tie her shoes. There were many everyday things that she couldn't do. And her back was healed. But this is the part of the testimony that just amazes me. God is so good. Um, Months before, she had lost a little baby at 18 months to SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. And... It, she was pregnant at this conference. She was visibly pregnant. So, but she had lost a baby and went through that brokenness. This is an inner healing conference we're at. She had gone through just the loss in the mourning and the grief and the, the woundedness of losing a baby. And then she came to this, this inner healing conference, and Saturday night her back got healed. Sunday morning, I was in prayer before the before it started, and God gave me a word to share. And the word was, it's okay to not understand. Just know and trust God. Now, I didn't know all that was going to take place that day. But God gave me that word ahead of time. At breakfast, she happened to sit at my table at breakfast, and this question came up about the goodness of God and that big why question about her baby. And I didn't, at that time, I knew God showed me what to say and what not to say. And what he showed me to say is, it's okay to not understand, but to just know and trust God. That morning during praise and worship, God spoke to her. And he said, Nicole, the reason I healed your back so visibly, she felt it. She felt it move. She knew it happened. The reason I did that, because I wanted to show you my goodness. I wanted to show you that I am the good, I'm a good God. I'm the God who heals. It's okay to not understand. Just know that I'm good and trust me. Amen. So, Father God, I just thank you for this word. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the treasure that we carry in this vessel. I thank you for the, the, uh, the presence of your Holy Spirit and your grace and your power and your goodness. Even here right now, you are good. We receive the truth of your goodness, even if we don't understand We make the choice to receive the truth of your goodness. And we declare, God, that we will glorify you, that we will honor you, that we will praise you with everything that is within us all of our days. And I'm just going to speak for Fran right now and for me. God, right now, we offer you our vessel. We offer you the sacrifice of our life. And we simply trust you. Amen. Yes. Praise Him. Hallelujah.